What is up, everybody? We're so glad that you're here. Uh, man, you have made it to Oasis Church's first service. Are y'all pumped about that? We have our team here again. If you're just now tuning in, this is Oasis Church. This is week one. We've never had a service before, and uh, right now you're watching it like on your phone, on the computer, on the internet somewhere, and uh, we could not be more honored that you would spend some time with us today. But I want you, if you're in the audience today, I want you to get out your phone, okay? Get your phone out. All right, get your phones out. If you're watching at home, maybe you're watching on your phone, I want you just to look at your phone, admire your phone. Think about the very first phone you ever had, okay? I remember the first phone that I had in high school was a brick, okay? Like you could literally throw it. I would throw it across the room when my friends were over and say, watch this. I would throw it like a grenade. It would bounce and land and I would open it and nothing would be wrong with it. It was the world's, it was like a cockroach. It, a nuclear bomb could hit, that phone is still gonna exist. I promise you it is existing somewhere in the universe right now. But now our phones are crazy, like you think about how quickly phones have changed, all right? So that was not that long ago. Well, it was a lot longer than I'd like to admit, but um, it was not that long ago and phones are a lot crazier right now. Like my phone can shoot 4K video. It takes amazing pictures. We don't even own like an actual camera anymore. We have everything we need in our phone. You can look up any fact you could ever wanna know found on your phone. You can order from almost any restaurant and have it delivered to your house on your phone. You can do your grocery shopping, have it delivered to your house like we do. Shout out to Walmart pickup and home delivery. All right, uh, not a sponsor, okay? Um, but you can do that from your phone. You can face-to-face -face have a conversation with somebody from your phone. It's incredible, right? But what if I took your phone and uh, I got a hold of it I uh, got your password, and then I just started, I, I deleted the camera app, and then I, I deleted the uh, Safari app, which by the way, if you're an Android user out there, we're here for you. All right, this is a church, you can, you can even belong here, and uh, today we're actually, we're praying for you, and, uh, but no, seriously, I, what if I took your phone, I deleted the camera, I deleted Safari, I deleted your text messages, I deleted the text messaging capability off your phone, I took the actual phone away, the phone app, right, I took away Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and all of a sudden, I gave your phone back to you, and it had zero apps on it. You would be infuriated with me, right? Like you would be furious at me for doing that. Do you know why? It's because you know that your phone can do so much more, right? You know that your phone has the capability of doing anything you could ever imagine. And I took away all of that and deleted it and handed it back to you. You'd be so mad because you know that your phone was made for more. Well, guess what? I believe that you were made for more. I believe that people that are watching this right now, people that are here with us, that man, you're made for more. And I believe that some of you are operating in a way like a phone would be without any apps. You're operating in a way where you know that inside, deep down, that you were made for more and you're not maybe living up to your fullest potential. And so today, we're actually gonna look at a guy who had everything stripped away from him in a moment. And he has this encounter with God. And he finally says yes. Spoiler alert. Okay, this is a little bit the end of the story. He says yes, and his life changes forever. But not only his life changes forever, he changes an entire nation forever. 
And this guy that we're going to talk about today is called Moses. Y'all say Moses. Come on. Moses, if, even if you've never been to church before, you've probably heard of this guy. People say, hey, you look like you're as old as Moses, right? Like Moses is a guy in the Bible. Um, he's from the Old Testament, and he actually is a person that was significant with the Israelites, God's chosen people. But his life did not start off that way. Moses has a really, really interesting story. You see, Moses was born in a time, he was born as a slave in Egypt, and the Egyptians, Pharaoh, he hated, and the Egyptians hated God's people. They hated the Hebrew people, the Israelites. He hated them so much that he turned them into slaves, and he would work them harder and harder and harder. But the Bible tells us that when, he would, when the Pharaoh would work them harder and harder and harder, that God's people would multiply bigger and bigger and bigger. And Pharaoh hated this. It made him so mad. And so what Pharaoh did... Well, he made a law. He said, any firstborn son is to be thrown into the Nile River. So Moses is born during this time. His mom gives birth, having no clue. They didn't have ultrasounds back then. And uh, she had no clue what kind of baby she would have. And she has a baby and she discovers it's a baby boy. And I don't know if you can imagine being Moses' mom in this moment. I'm not a mom. I've never given birth before. I've witnessed three crazy ones. All right, we'll get to that. That'll be another story for another time. But uh, this isn't that kind of video, I promise. Uh, but we, uh, I've witnessed some crazy things, but we knew what to expect. But Moses' mom didn't know what to expect. She has this baby boy, and all of a sudden, she's filled with fear. Like, oh my goodness, they're going to take my son, and they're going to throw him into the Nile River. And so she makes a basket, she weaves a little basket out of some reeds, and she puts little baby Moses, her newborn baby, in this basket, and she sends him off down the Nile River, praying that somehow he would make it. And I can imagine this little basket floating and floating, it bumps up against something and starts spinning, right? It's going down, and all of a sudden, as fate would have it, right, Moses ends up, just so happens to float right by Pharaoh's daughter on the Nile River. And so Pharaoh's daughter sees this basket. She's like, I think I hear a baby crying in there. She goes and picks it up and realizes there's a baby in this basket. And so she takes this basket and she decides to raise this baby. And so she keeps the baby and she raises up Moses. And Moses is fortunate enough to grow up in the household of Pharaoh. So that meant Moses had some leadership skills. He knew how to read. He knew how to write. He was very well educated. And he grows up in the house of Pharaoh, having anything he could ever want, eating anything he could ever want. He was a son, a grandson of Pharaoh. And you see, but, but Moses was a little different. There was something inside of him that was different than all the other Egyptians. He knew that there was just something different. You see, I told you earlier that the Egyptians, they hated the Israelites. But Moses had something he couldn't explain in his heart. And he actually loved the Israelites. He loved the Hebrew people. He couldn't explain it. And so one day, Moses has grown up a little bit. He's going about his business. And all of a sudden, he sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite. And the Bible talks about how Moses was filled with anger in this moment. He's, he, he tries to confront this Egyptian, and uh, he, he gets so mad. The Bible says he struck the Egyptian, and he actually killed him. Moses committed murder in a moment. Lost his mind, got angry, committed murder, 
And he looks around and he's like, did anyone see that? And no one was there. And so he hid the body. The Bible talks, the Bible's awesome. He talks about he hid the body and he went about his day. Killed a guy, hid the body, went about his day. Wakes up the next day. He goes out on the town again the next day. And all of a sudden he sees two Israelites fighting. And he goes up, he says, hey guys, y'all are supposed to be family. Why are you fighting? And one of the Israelites looks at Moses and he says, are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And in that moment, Moses' life changed forever again. So Moses gets struck with fear. Have you ever been struck with fear before where you get that pit in your stomach and you're like, oh man, my life, this is crazy. Multiply that by a thousand, and that's exactly what Moses is experiencing in this moment. He freaks out. What if Pharaoh finds out? He's going to kill me, right? Like, what if this person finds out? All he could see in his life at this point was destruction and death. Surely he was going to die for this. And so what does Moses do? Moses leaves this crazy lifestyle that he has, a crazy lifestyle of, of having anything you could ever want. His life is headed in an upward trajectory and he murders somebody, his life changed forever. He gets caught and he runs and he leaves. He runs away. He runs for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles until he ends up at this well. And he gets to this well, he's thirsty and someone comes up to him and his life again changes forever. He ends up meeting his wife at this well. It's kind of a crazy story. And uh, he ends up staying in hiding for 40 years. Here was Moses. Had everything he could ever want. His life going up like this. And in a moment, everything changed. And he hid for 40 years. You know, I think that there's people watching right now. Might be people in this room right now where your life, man, it was headed in the right direction. You had it all. Maybe you were the kid in high school that knew that you would just amount to something someday. Uh, maybe you were the person that you were crushing it in your business and then COVID happened and it all stopped. Maybe you're the person that had everything going for them and you made a mistake, your life changed forever and you've been running and you've been hiding for a really, really, really long time. Longer than you would care to admit to me right now. You know, I, I want you to know, that person that feels like that, that God has more for you right now than what you're going through. God has more for you right in this moment. And maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you've forgotten that God has more for you. Maybe you believe that there's no way God's going to use me now because this happened to me or because I've gone through this or because of a circumstance that's out of my control. But I'm telling you that God has more for you. You were made for more. And so Moses, he goes on with his life and all of a sudden, He's doing the most average thing, the most mundane thing in his life. He is walking a bunch of sheep around a hillside. All right, he's, he's got sheep around and he probably smells. He's probably been walking all day, doing the most average thing. And then again, Moses' life changes forever. And it says this in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law I mean, the dude was so low, he was working for his father-in-law. I mean, I can't even imagine that right now. Although I do love my father-in-law. Uh, he is awesome. I don't know if I could work for him, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's in my life. <laughs> he's going to watch this. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, anyway, 
Moses is tending the flock for his father-in-law, Jethro, uh, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. And this is funny to me. Moses says, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I have to go see it. Now, ladies, are there any ladies with me tonight? Come on. Y'all make some noise. Here we go. Uh, ladies, can any of you agree that men are some of the dumbest creatures on planet Earth, right? We can agree. We're st I'm one of them, all right? I'm a really stupid person. Uh, Moses is doing this right now. He sees something supernatural, something that, is, uh, that would terrify most people, but dudes aren't scared by stuff like this. We're going to go... Hmm, I wonder what this is, and I'm going to go look at it, right? That's gotten us in so much trouble over, over history, right? Uh, Moses is one of these people. Moses is actually the guy in a horror movie that gets killed first because he hears a noise coming from inside the scary house, and he's like, I wonder what that is. And he's going to walk in, and he's going to go get killed. He's the guy that gets killed first. He goes, and he goes and investigates this bush, which I'm sure was terrifying. And so he goes over, and he talks to this, or he goes to look at this bush. All of a sudden, the bush starts talking to him. The bush, all right? I'm sure Moses thought he had like, did I smoke something weird today? Did I, like, am I okay? Did I eat a bad mushroom? Something, right? Like, the bush starts talking. And the Bible tells us that it was actually God talking to Moses through a bush. Now, I want to be serious for a second. Some of you are caught up in mundane right now. You're going to work. You're leaving work. You're coming home and your life might look average. Moses's life looked as average as possible in this moment. But if you are not careful, you'll get so caught up in the mundane that you miss the supernatural when it comes right in front of you. Don't be so caught up in your average, ordinary life that you miss what God's trying to do. Open your eyes. See what God's trying to do. Because man, Moses could have walked by this and not thought a thing of it, but he saw it. Man, I believe that there's people watching right now where God is trying to get your attention in the mundane, in the everyday life, and you're missing it. Open your eyes. Look for the signs that God is trying to give you. And so he goes over to the bush and he says this. He says, or I'm sorry, God says this to Moses. God says, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead the Israelites out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. You see, God is saying, I have something more in store for my people. I have something different for them. I, I have made them for so much more. That's what he's telling them. He says, and it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Come on, that sounds so good right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and he says, now go, for I am sending you, Moses. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Yes, you, the murderer, the one that's been running, the one that's been hiding. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of, Jesus, of Egypt. Now, here's the deal. I would like to think that I, if I got this news, I would be pumped. Because here's the deal. The people of Israel have been enslaved for 400 years. They've been crying out to God. God, please save us, deliver us, deliver us. All his family has ever known for generations has been in bondage. And God picks him to be the guy to finally change everything. I'd like to think I'd be excited, 
But the fact is, I probably would have the same exact reaction that Moses had. Moses wasn't excited. And I want to tell you right now that if you feel like God is calling you to something in this moment, you're probably not excited about it because it's really scary. It's out of your comfort zone. It's going to require a step of faith. And if that's you, you're probably going to have some of the same responses that Moses has in this moment. And we're going to talk about his responses. And the thing about these responses that Moses has to God in this moment is that they're covered in lies. Moses starts to say some things that aren't true because he's been in hiding for too long. He's forgotten that his life was meant to be so much more, just like yours. And I'm telling you, if you're in that place or if you're not in that place, you're gonna be in that place at some point. And I wanna prepare you for this moment because you're gonna have the same feelings, the same lies, the same questions that Moses has. And I want you to be prepared for it so you can fight it so that you can achieve the more that God has for you on the other side of this moment. And so the first thing that he says is this. It says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. This is literally the first words out of Moses' mouth after God says, I'm going to send you. Moses says this. He says, but Moses protested. He said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Many of you are asking the same question because you have some insecurities in your life. That's the first thing you're going to have to battle, insecurities. Who am I? God, why would you pick me? Uh, what, are you, uh, what are you doing, right? Like, God, don't you know that, like, I've murdered a man? Don't you know that I've done this in my past? Don't you know that you can't use me? I'm too broke. I can't do it. You have insecurities in your life. I have insecurities. I promise you, I got some insecurities in my life. And let me just tell you, when you start a church, all of your insecurities start to bubble to the surface, all of them. And you get to deal with them all at once. And uh, I, I still deal with them. I've been dealing with insecurities today, okay? And we're launching our church today. I, I'm telling you, I have been dealing with insecurities every single day. I'm just like you. But if we're not careful, our insecurities can make our lives look like this, look like a mess, Right, like you can't tell. This just looks like a bunch of squiggly lines on a paper. Your life looks like this when you look at your life through the lens of your insecurities. You can't make any sense of it. It makes no sense at all. But when you take God's lens and you start to look at your life through God's lens, you can begin to see that you're invited into more. God wants to cover all of your insecurities so that you can see that you were made for more. He's inviting you on this journey to take your next step and to leave your insecurities behind because guess what? The results, they're not up to you. Your insecurities don't matter when God's involved because the Bible tells us that, man, we're made strong in our weakness because of God. When we're weak, we're really strong because God can take those weaknesses and turn them into strengths. He can take your insecurities and make them your biggest platform in life. Man, because people need to hear your story. They need to hear how God's overcome your insecurities because they have insecurities of their own. And they need to trust in a God that can cover all of that up and do amazing, amazing things. But you've got to quit asking the question, who am I? God knew exactly who he was calling when he called Moses. God knows exactly who he's calling when he's calling you. 
All he needs you to do is say yes. All he needs you to do is say yes. So the first thing you're gonna have to battle is your insecurities. The second thing Moses says, he says this in, in Exodus chapter four, in verse one, it says, Moses answered, well, what if, they, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Moses, you see, he had fear. What if they? Man, what if it doesn't work out? What if I do all of this stuff, I make a fool of myself and it doesn't work, God? What if? He has fear. Many of you, you have fear. You're asking the same question. What if? What if? What if? What if I take this step of faith and I lose everything? What if I lose my family in the process? What if I lose my friends in the process? What if it doesn't look anything like I thought it would look like? Man, that's been something I've been dealing with ever since the pandemic started. I promise you, this does not look anything like I thought it would. But man, God knows so much better. I'm so glad we didn't stop. I'm so glad we decided to say yes. I'm so glad we've been able to push aside the what ifs of this world and to trust that God has a plan that's better than anything I could ever ask or imagine. Man, what if? I mean, some of you are asking like, what if I do this? Well, ask the question, what if you don't? If you don't, man, maybe this person would never be impacted. If you didn't, then this thing wouldn't happen that would start this chain of events that would have a drastic impact on the world. You know, there, there was a guy in my life, and he's one of the most influential people in my life. He did something for me at a time I needed it. And it, I mean, it, I would not be standing in this room at this moment if it wasn't for Mr. Aaron. You see, you have no idea what's on the other side of your yes. I remember uh, in that moment, uh, I was about 13 or 14 years old. Mr. Aaron contacted my mom and said, hey, I want to take Clint out. I go to the church. I meet Mr. Aaron. We get in Mr. Aaron's car, and we start driving. I have no idea where we're going. Uh, we're not even really talking about anything in the car. Uh, I was hungry. We didn't go eat, you know, and uh, I remember thinking, we're passing a whole lot of restaurants, Mr. Aaron, and... <laughs> And I'm hungry, you know, and, and he, we just kept driving and kept driving. We end up at a pawn shop. And I remember getting to this pawn shop and thinking, this is weird. But I knew Mr. Aaron, he owned this pawn shop. And, and we get out. He's like, hey, come in with me. And we go in. And uh, he's like, he takes me to the aisle where all the guitars are. Because Nashville pawn shops, by the way, the secret to finding a great guitar. Because most people don't make it in Nashville. And they sell all their awesome gear. And you get to buy it for cheap. So, little uh, pro tip there. But we go to this pawn shop. We look at the guitars and he takes me there and he says, hey, I want to buy you your first guitar. And I remember, I'm, I'm like, what? Like, that's insane, right? And so I go and I find like, I'm, I'm going through like really junky, you know, terrible guitar, terrible guitar. And then like, I come across like the one, right? Like, I, this was the one I wanted. I looked at the price tag and I'm like, well, I'm not going to ask him to pay that. I feel guilty. I'm not going to do that. So, but he saw me looking at it. I look at other guitars, and I'm thinking, all these other ones are really bad, <laughs> to be honest with you, and, uh, but I can't ask for the good one. And I turn around, and Mr. Aaron's holding, like, the good one, right, like, the guitar. And he says, hey, is this the one you want? And uh, I said, yeah, actually it is. And what's funny, since he owned the pawn shop, he just held it up to the guy at the cashier, and we walked out. We didn't even pay. I don't even know how that happened, but it was awesome. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was really funny. But uh, that one yes that Aaron, Aaron decided when God told him to do that, he said yes. And Mr. Aaron had no 
idea what was on the other side of that yes. He didn't know, maybe he did, but I didn't know. He didn't know that we'd be doing this now. He didn't know that 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 would push me over the edge into ministry and send my life on a path that like I had no clue was ahead of me. There's been countless amount of people that I've gotten to lead worship for because of that. There's been people that have been impacted that I, I have no idea about, but it was all because a man said yes, and it impacted and changed my life forever. You would not be watching this on your phone if it wasn't for Mr. Aaron in that moment. I wouldn't be in ministry. And I thank God he did that because I'm not good at anything else. I'm barely good at this, you know, and uh, I'm really glad that he did that. But you never know what's on the other side of your yes. And if you let fear stop you, you have no idea what impact that's going to have on the world. Say yes. Push your fear aside and follow God with everything that you have. Because I'm telling you, there's people that are desperate for it. They need you to say yes. The people of Israel, they needed him, Moses, to say yes in this moment. They've been in slavery for 400 years. They needed him to say yes. And I am so glad he did. The people of Israel are so glad that he did. And I want you to say yes today. You have no idea what's on the other side. Don't let fear stop you. So we talked about our insecurities. We talked about our fear. And we got one more thing we're going to talk about tonight. Moses His last ditch effort, right, when he's talking to God, he says this. And says, Moses said to the Lord, okay, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past or since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. He says, I have never, I've never done this. And I have a stutter. I have a speech impediment. And you're asking me to go to Pharaoh to to talk to him? Like, God, I don't know if you realize this, but... I can't talk well. Listen, God knew exactly what he was doing. But, the most of, uh, but what Moses was feeling in this moment is he was feeling inadequate. He says, I've never done this. He feels inadequate. Some of you feel inadequate. God, I've, I've never started my own business before. God, I've, I've never started a church before. I've said that a million times. Like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. I feel inadequate almost every day and doing what we're doing right now. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm a good enough communicator. I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job starting this and starting that. Like, I feel inadequate all the time. But you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. I don't want to let your inadequacy stop you from saying yes to what God has for you. Because guess what? God is not looking for an expert. God is not looking for a person that has it all together. God is not looking for a person that knows everything. God is looking for you. And if you're not an expert and you're not a Bible scholar or if you're not a, a, a professional in this realm that he's calling you to, God's looking for you to do it. Because guess what? If he asked experts, they would get all the credit. But because he asked people who are messed up, who have some scars, who have some bruises, who don't know what they're doing, God then can get all of the credit for it. Lord knows, he, I can't get credit for Oasis Church. Stephanie can't, she's a lot better than I am. She, she can't even get credit for Oasis Church. If you were to know me 10 years ago and said, uh, Clint's going to start a church, you would get laughed at. Like, this is just, I was a worship leader. I'm a musician, right? Like, 
They don't preach. They sing. And you know what? I don't sing anymore, and I preach, and I don't know how good I'm going to do. I have no, I really, I have no idea, and I should not be here, but I'm here because I said yes. I want you to be where God wants you. I want you to say yes, because on the other side of that, there's more. There's more, and people need you to say yes. Don't let your inadequacy prevent you from stepping into everything that God has for you. Listen, God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for obedience. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for obedience. He's just looking for you to say yes. And I think some of you, man, God's been knocking on the door of your heart saying, go and do this. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to step out of what you know and to step into what God has for you. But he's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for your timing to work out. He's looking for you to just say yes and to go do it. He's just looking for you to take that next step. He wasn't asking Moses in this moment to cross the Red Sea. He wasn't asking Moses in this moment to go get the Ten Commandments off the mountain. He wasn't asking Moses in this moment to miraculously provide food from heaven that would fall. Like he, he wasn't asking him to do it. He was just saying, okay, go do this next thing. And so this week, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm not asking you to complete your calling in seven days this next week, right? I want you to just this week to do one thing. I want you to take your next step into that calling, whatever it is. I think there's some people that are watching this that are afraid to step into their next thing, but take that first little step and see what God does. You know, for some of you, that next step is really simple. You know, 2020 uh, has been the worst year of all time. Can we all agree on that, right? (laughs) It's been awful, um, and it ain't over either. We, we get more of this, right? 2020, it's been crazy. But in all seriousness, some of you, you've lost your job. You've lost all of your finances. You may have lost a loved one. Everything you thought you could count on, you can't count on. And that's what 2020 has shown us. It's all these things that I think are making me secure, I can't count on. But I'll tell you right now, there is something you can count on every day and in every season and every situation, and that's Jesus. And I think some of your next step, that some of the people that are watching this, your next step is to invite Jesus into your life. You've never made that commitment before. But let me tell you, there's a lot of times that you don't know what's on the other side of your yes, but I know what's on the other side of this yes. And I cannot promise you that your circumstances can change. But when you say yes to Jesus, your hope can change just like that. When you say yes to Jesus, man, you're saying yes to in a life. He, he can invade your life right now. Right where you're sitting, wherever it's, if that's in your car, in your kitchen, in your living room, wherever you're watching this, God can step into your life right now and everything can change in a moment. And so if that's you today and you're telling me like, Clint, I've, I've never done that before, but I'm ready to take that step. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me today in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. It's nothing weird, but man, you can take your next step today and follow Jesus with your entire life. And I promise you on the other side of that, yes, is a life filled with hope a life that has a future. Man, you have eternal life. When you leave this earth one day, you have eternal life 
with a God that loves you unconditionally. You don't have to be perfect to pray this prayer, but man, I would invite you to do that with us today. I want you to bow your heads. If you're in the audience tonight, bow your heads. If you're driving, don't bow your head, okay? Please don't do that. But if you're driving and maybe you wanna do this, just say this in your heart. I want you to say, dear God, I've been going in the wrong direction and I need you. I know I'm not perfect and I need you to take control over my life. Come into my life, direct my steps and in the best way I know how, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, y'all make some noise for the people that decided to take that step today. That's the most important thing you could ever do. And we wanna help you along the way. So if you could text Oasis TN to 94,000 or go to oasistn.church slash live. Man, you can click a form that says, I wanna follow Jesus and let us know. We wanna partner with you. We wanna be there for you. Show you what your next step is uh, because I promise you, you have a family with us. You have a place to belong right now, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you live, you can belong at Oasis Church. We are so proud of you. Thank you for joining us. Man, tell them how thankful you are that they joined us today. The good news is we get to do this again in seven days. Next Sunday, 10 a.m. on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our website, oasistn.church. You can find us anywhere. We're going to be live bringing you something encouraging, challenging, hopefully inspirational that can help you take your next step with Jesus. Make plans. Join us next Sunday at 10. And uh, man, we can't wait to hang out with you. Y'all have a great week.